Aren't you thankful that we live in the United States of America? Amen? We are a blessed country. We are a blessed people. And you know, it is okay to be patriotic. You know, this we live in a day and age where uh, people are shamed, especially Christians in the church are shamed for being patriotic. I want you to know this morning that Christian nationalism is not a sin, okay? It's okay to be excited about the nation in which God has placed you. And that goes for every Christian in every nation around the world. They ought to be appreciative. They ought to be thankful that uh, they live in their country, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of pride in a couple weeks in Tokyo. Amen? There are going to be nations wa- marching into an arena, probably an empty arena because of COVID. But uh, those nations are going to be carrying the, the flag of the country of, of their origin. And they are going to be beaming with pride. There are going to be athletes on podiums that have won their particular competition and the gold medalist is going to hear their national anthem. And for a lot of those athletes, there are going to be tears in their eyes because of the gratitude, the the gratefulness that uh, they have for their country. Church, That's okay. But for us as Christians, we just have to be sure that we can sing all the patriotic songs and wave our American flag and be proud about who we are, but we can't make this nation an idol. This nation is not our savior. We have an allegiance to that flag over there, the Christian flag for whom it represents our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have dual citizenship, absolutely. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, and we are citizens of the United States of America, at least for most of us who are in this uh, facility this morning. And we should be grateful and know that this is all because of God's grace alone in our life. And so we're going to be talking about the government, God and government this morning. We're going to look at Romans chapter 13. And Romans chapter 13 isn't just for the government of the United States of America. This is, um, these are principles. This is, these are God's divine decrees for every nation on planet earth because it is God who has established every nation. Uh, Even those nations that no longer exist, those nations that are still yet to be, and those nations that are here now, they only exist because the sovereign will of God. And so... It's important that uh, we understand 
uh, what the role of government is, what the role of Christians is in relationship to the, the government. How does God want to live our lives underneath that particular institution? Now, um, there's three institutions that God has created. He's created the government. He's created the church. And he's created the family, the home. And in each of those spheres, uh, that sphere is sovereign over their responsibilities. Those, those institutions aren't sovereign over any other institution. Now, there's some overlap, but God has given each of these institutions uh, a particular call, a, p- a p- particular divine will, and uh, and we're going to be looking at that um, much this morning. Now we're looking at Romans chapter thirteen, but uh, we could also go to First Timothy chapter two, verses one through four, or Titus chapter three, um, verses one, two, and eight. Or 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. But if you read those other texts, they all are rather similar for us as Christians. We are to honor those who are in authority over there, over us. We are to pray for them. We are to submit to their authority. And then we must speak truth to those uh, entities when they are overstepping uh, their bounds. And we'll get into that a little bit more this morning. But uh, if you have your Bibles, let's look at Romans chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 1 through 7 this morning. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Paul says very clearly in this passage of Scripture uh, 
to all Christians in all places around the world to subject ourselves to governing authorities. There's seven reasons why uh, we are to subject ourselves um, that I want to point out this morning in this text. And number one is this. It's in verse one. God has created every form of government. Every form. We, we love our form of government here in the United States. There's, there's a lot of liberty uh, for the people who live in the United States. But there are other parts of the world, they don't have those kinds of liberties. Um, they are, there is high control by the government. And there's not a whole lot of freedom. But in this text this morning, God is saying very clearly that he has... Um, created every form of government. There is, there's no power but of God. Verse 1. In God's sovereignty, God has ordained and permitted every form of government. And if you're under, if you're a Christian and if you're living under a communist regime, or if you're in the Middle East and you're living over under a theocracy, a, theocracy, a, a Muslim-controlled um, nation and religion, God has placed Christians there for a particular purpose, and God has a purpose for each one of those nations. Look what I, Acts chapter 17 verses 24 through 26 says, Acts 17. The God who made the world and everything in it, in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Verse 26. From one man, Adam, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands. God appointed everyone. There is no nation that is eternal. Every nation is temporal. There is yet a kingdom to come that is going to be eternal. Right now it's spiritual, but is the kingdom of God that will be established on earth for all eternity. That is the only eternal kingdom. The rest are temporal, the Bible says. He determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands. God even mapped out the boundaries of nations. And uh, he, re- he expects nations to live within the laws of their nation and to respect those, um, those, those boundaries and those immigration laws. 
God is in control of it all. And so even a, a, a nation like China, who is the absolute antithesis of everything we know in this country, God has established that nation for a particular time and with their particular boundaries. And so if you're a Chinese Christian living in that land, God expects those Christians to submit to that governmental authority. Paul was writing to Christians in Rome when there was an evil uh, uh, ruler by the name of Nero. He was persecuting Christians. He was setting Christians on fire. But Paul was writing to the Christians and saying, you need to submit to governmental authority. God has appointed them for a purpose according to his sovereign will. And he is watching over each and every nation. And God uses these nations wherever they're coming from, whatever kind of ideology that they're embracing, God is using them for his sovereign purposes. Sometimes he uses nations to punish other nations. Sometimes he keeps he he uses nations to keep other nations in check, that they not go rogue and try to, to overtake the world, something of this nature. God uses nations to prosper other nations. God uses nations to judge people. God uses evil nations to judge His own people, the Jews, Israel. And so God is sovereign. God has given every nation uh, the power to to, uh, be that type of government. He's created every form. The second thing that we see about government, according to Romans chapter 13, um, is that resisting government is resisting God. Verse 2. Whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. You resist authority, you resist government. Paul says you are resisting God. Now, as a church, we need to weigh that carefully because the Bible does permit the church to resist authority if the governmental authority is overstepping uh, their role as in as, with the government. Again, the government is sovereign over government affairs. The church is sovereign over church affairs. And we all know what's happened this uh, last year with COVID. COVID has... Um, been very confusing to all of us and tragic for some. And uh, the church overstepped its bounds. And, you know, as, as elders of the church, we, 
we were we were perplexed about what we should do as a church. We know that uh, God says to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, that we need to love one another and care for one another. And when we were told by the government that we need to shelter in place, that we couldn't meet, that uh, we couldn't sing, um, we were limited in the, by the number of people that we could have in our building. Um, You know, initially, we didn't know what was happening with COVID, and uh, and we submitted. But after a while, the government started moving the goalposts for church, right? And uh, we thought to ourselves, you know, that um, they're abusing their authority, their power. And we as elders prayed and decided that uh, it was um, in order to not uh, not forsake what the, God, the Bible has told us to do as a church, that we had a responsibility to meet. Now, we couldn't enforce that on every home and tell you that uh, you have a responsibility to be here, responsibility to be here, or else, again, three institutions, the government, the church, and the home. And you, as uh, the family, have to determine for yourselves What's best, what's appropriate for your family? We can be sovereign as a church over that choice. And so we prayed and we provided space and uh, not everybody showed up. And we did uh, Facebook on, online and, and I became a televangelist and that was a, that was not a fun year. <laughs> but, um, but as elders, um, we had a decision to make, and, and we submitted for a time. We came back for a period of time. COVID began to rise again, and uh, the government was telling us to shelter in place, and we looked at that very carefully, and we considered the circumstances of our location, and we did not want to do something that would impact the hospital even in greater ways. Uh, there were a lot of COVID cases in our community. And so we did what was, we felt like what was right for our neighbors, loving our neighbors in our community, loving our hospital and healthcare workers over there. And we sheltered in place again until our COVID numbers began to decline. But our ultimate authority as a church is God himself and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we cannot neglect or disobey the word of God. The word of God is our authority. And uh, and so there was a period where we needed to resist. And yet God honored that. But, you know, there's a couple churches in Canada who resisted governmental authority. And uh, they were very concerned about the the edicts that were coming across from the the health uh, the um, government officials concerning health, and they continued to meet because they felt like this was what God was calling them to do. And in in the Lord calling them to do that, they realize 
that there very well could be consequences for that resistance. Again, look what the Bible says. Whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And if you're going to take that stand and resist, understand there very well could be consequences. The pastor could go to jail. And for two churches, the pastor's did go to jail. And at that point, the pastors humbly submitted to what the government was um, issuing uh, for their resistance. They didn't fight that, but it was an opportunity for those pastors to speak truth to power, to educate governments on what the word of God says. So if you're going to resist, understand there are going to be consequences if you truly believe you're following the word of God and you must humbly uh, submit. Third reason why as a church, why as Christians, we are to submit to government authority whom God has ordained is this, resisting government authority leads to punishment. The purpose of government is to judge those who are resisting authority. Um, that is a government's responsibility to punishment criminals. Punishing crim- criminals is enacting, following through with the will of God for a government. If a government fails to do that, it is failing to follow through with its role. You know, there's, um, there's a lot of blood on government's hands these days in some of these major cities because they're unwilling to follow through with with what God says their responsibility is. There are some officials in some of these cities who are social justice warriors, and they're wanting to just bring chaos to the system. And police departments are uh, arresting individuals that are are rioting, causing causing violence, hurting individuals, and they take them into police departments and district attorneys are just releasing them immediately. And police, police officers are in no way feeling empowered these days. And the reason why that's happening is because um, there's a socialist mentality that just wants to bring chaos to our system of government today because they think it is racist. And as a church, we have a responsibility to stand and proclaim what is right according to the word of God. Um, The purpose of government, of government authority, leads to punishment. Those who resist will incur judgment. And if governments aren't following through, government 
is not doing the will of God. This is the divine decree decree of of God for the institution of government. We as a church have a responsibility and a role not to resist authority, but to speak truth. This is what the word of God says. And if if a nation doesn't follow through, what does that lead to? That leads to absolute chaos, pandemonium. What happens if mom and dad doesn't follow through with discipline when it comes to their children? It leads to the destruction of the home. It leads to the destruction of the family. And that's what happens in a nation when the government isn't doing its job. It leads to the destruction of society. Government must enforce the rules. And we all understood that growing up, didn't we? You know, when we resisted authority, you know, some of us, some of us heard parents say, well, don't let the door hit you on the way out on the backside. I like what uh, Virgil Walker said. Uh, uh, Virgil Walker said his grandma would say this, don't let the, the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. <laughs> Some of you will get that later, okay? But uh, discipline is necessary. Uh, God disciplines those whom he loves. God disciplines his children. And God uses the government to discipline those who are determined to do evil. And if it doesn't, it leads to chaos. So here we are are in Romans 13. So far we've seen that uh, there's no power but of God. God has has, uh, instituted every nation. Uh, Resisting that authority is resisting God because God has given them responsibility to be the authority. Um, and by resisting authority, uh, one can experience judgment. The fourth reason why you and I must submit to governmental authority is that government serves to restrain evil. Serves to restrain, restrain evil. Verse 3, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. God knew that every man needed government. Can you imagine what this world would like be like if there were no government? I mean, government is in place because of the sovereign grace of God. And it is his common grace to all people. Because he loves us, he instituted government. Now, Again, that government has roles that are different than individual Christians. You know, the Bible says for us as Christians, followers of Christ, that when someone does us wrong, we are to turn the other cheek. Or we're to forgive and not, you know, 
count the number of times we forgive. The Bible says, forgive someone 70 times 7. Okay? Live a life of forgiveness. And why? Because as Christians, we're testifying of God's grace and forgiveness of our lives, in our lives. We are to be proclaimers of the gospel, and this is what God has done in our life. But God hasn't called the government to turn the other cheek. He hasn't called the government to forgive 70 times 7. No, he is there to incur judgment. He is there to restrain evil. Government knows what evil is. God, government knows the difference between good and bad. In fact, man knows the difference between good and bad. You know, the, the Bible says that uh, we, we know the, the difference between good and evil. God has written um, uh, that on each man's heart. And just as he's written it on our heart, he's written it on the, the, the heart of a government. God knows the difference. Man knows the difference. Government knows the difference between good and evil. And government is to be a terror uh, towards those who want to do evil. You know, there was a young man in my um, first ministry at Emmanuel Baptist of Highland, and it was uh, uh, my first year of ministry there. Uh, Preston had just come to know the Lord, and uh, Preston was a was a handful as a teenager. In fact, uh, Preston told me that before he came to know the Lord, uh, he had a hard time sleeping at night. Because uh, he was growing marijuana on the, the roof of his house. And if you ever grown up in the Inland Empire, Susan and I were served there for 16 years, uh, there were police helicopters flying over uh, the Inland Empire every single night. Preston lived in Rialto and not a very safe community. And so police co- helicopters were constantly flying over those neighborhoods and uh, at night, they would have uh, these big spotlights, and they would be just shining on the rooftops of houses. And here, Preston would be in his house, hearing those police helicopters, thinking that they're going to shine a spotlight on his marijuana plants. It never happened, but as a lost person... Preston knew the difference between right and wrong, even as a lost person. Because why? God's written that on his heart. And in his rebellion, he had a lot of sleepless nights. But you know what happened when he gave his life to Jesus Christ? (laughs) He threw away those marijuana plants. And you know what? The police helicopters kept flying over his house anyway. But you know what happened with Preston? He could sleep like a baby now. Because uh, he, was, he was living in obedience to God. And God was honoring that lifestyle. 
end, he didn't have to be afraid of the police, of government authority, because he was doing the right thing. But those who are doing the wrong thing, the government is there to instill fear, terror in those people's lives. They, the government is in place to restrain evil. And people who are lost know that they are without excuse. They know the difference between right and wrong, and they choose wrong. And government is there to restrain an evil lifestyle. Even the worst kind of governments, God has placed those governments in place to restrain evil, and they do so. But what's dangerous is governments who refuse to recognize the difference between good and evil. In fact, choose to reward evil over good. We saw that last summer in the city of Seattle, didn't we? With the, the, the CHOP city, they called Seattle CHOP. Um, but police just basically ignored uh, those who wanted to put together this utopia. And we all saw how that worked out without, uh, um, with, with, with their hearts of rebellion. After a while, the city of Seattle had to come in and, and, and remove uh, all, all the, the chaos that they had created. But that's the purpose of government. purpose of government is to restrain evil. The purpose of government is to protect property, protect lives protect those who want to do what's right. Number five, government serves to promote the good. Verse three, second verse, second sentence of verse three. Paul says, would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval. Government is there to promote the good that we might enjoy the benefits of government and be at peace with the government. I like what uh, our, our uh, own city council does at their city council meetings. They will recognize somebody in our community who is doing good for our community. And uh, they'll present them a certificate. Uh, their picture will be in the newspaper. That is the role of government, is to promote those who are doing good. Um, also, with uh, the White House, the White House will present medals of honor to today's um, heroes. Again, this is what... Um, the Word of God says they serve, they serve to promote the good within a nation. Um, law enforcement, 
fire department officials. They will honor those uh, citizens who have gone out of their way or put their life on the line to help somebody else. Um, again, this is the, the government promoting what is good. That is their purpose. Number six. Government is signed by God to wield the sword of God's wrath against evil. The Bible says, But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. He is the avenger of God. He does not bear the sword in vain. Sword? You know, it doesn't take a valid Victorian to know what a sword does. Okay? You don't use a a sword to hug somebody. You don't use a sword to spank somebody. You use the sword to kill somebody, to inflict final punishment upon an individual. Church, he's talking about capital punishment there. Paul says he is the servant of God. He is the avenger to make evildoers afraid of the sword. The government is the minister of God to carry out God's wrath. Capital punishment is biblical. But we live in a day and age where we don't like to talk about that. And we'll use whatever extreme to avoid that. But Paul says this is one of the purposes of government. To make evil doers afraid of the sword. Our government is having a hard time following following through. Today, it seems like our government is calling good evil and evil good. And by not following through on punishment, evildoers are feeling empowered to create even more chaos in today's Society. The purpose of government is to follow through with punishment. Now, we've seen other nations throughout history that have gone to extremes to persecute the church, haven't we? And they've, the government has, the evil governments have, have just, uh, taken upon themselves to try to uh, eradicate Christianity. Communism doesn't want to have anything to do with God. 
Socialism doesn't want to have anything to do with God. And so they're going to do whatever it takes to silence the church. And sometimes it means that they're taking Christians' lives. What are Christians to do at that point? We see it occurring in communist China today. What's happening in the church? The church is growing, isn't it? This this persecution, this suffering is like uh, pouring fuel on the a fire of uh, spirituality, and the church is just growing. It's it's underground, but it is it is strong. They have a strong spine, and in fact. The, The communist church, the Chinese church, is praying for the church of America, that the church of the United States would get a spine. It's probably going to, persecution is probably going to be required for a church to grow a spine. You know, and I've had some conversations with uh, some people here recently about the future of our country, and we we see how our, 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 our country is going downhill, and I've shared with you how I'm concerned about my children's children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. What kind of country, what kind of nation are they going to live in? Someone's had to remind me of the fact that, you know what, it may be very different from the nation we live in today, but God is still in control. They may not have a democracy one of these days. But whatever kind of country that they're living in, God is going to use that to grow his church. Jesus says, I will grow my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So Christians, let's not live in doom and gloom. Let's not get... um, so uh, depressed because whoever's in the White House doesn't represent our values. God has placed those individuals uh, in places of leadership for his own sovereign purposes. And what's our role? To pray for them. Not to fight, not to... Uh, protest and and get ugly and uh, you know be part of an insurrection or anything of this nature. No, our responsibility as a church is to pray. When government has overstepped their bounds, we speak truth to power. This is what God says. This is what your role as a government is to be. And finally, the number number seven as to why we are to submit to governmental authority. Verse five, for the sake of conscience. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. There's a pure motive in submitting to authority. Not because 
um, you know, we're afraid of being punished, but because of righteousness. We are to honor the ministers of God who are in authority over us. God has placed them in that service. Verses 6 and 7, Paul says this, But because of this, you also pay taxes for authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed them, taxes to whom taxes are due, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. And that's whether you agree with them or not. God has placed them in authority over you and we are to submit because of righteousness. God wants his people to be people of peace, to be people who submit. And when we are people who submit, the Bible says that we will live quiet, honest lives of integrity, integrity, and we have the opportunity to love our neighbor. This is our role as a church. This is our role as Christians. The prophet Jeremiah told the, the people of, um, of Israel, the Jews, who were in Babylonian captivity, he said this in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7. He said, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf for its welfare, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Church, this isn't our home. We live in the greatest nation for good that probably has ever been um, been in place uh, in all of history. We live in an amazing time. And God has given us great freedom. The Jews didn't have this kind of freedom in Babylon. They were in exile. But God told them, Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find welfare. Pray for those who are in leadership over you, um, children of God, in Babylon. Because as you seek the nation's welfare, you will be you will be um, benefiting your, your yourselves. You will find your own welfare. If the Jew, if Babylon had a national anthem, if they had an Independence Day, Jeremiah was saying, celebrate, um, celebrate with the Babylonians where God has placed you. Seek the welfare of the nation. Church, we are to seek the welfare of this nation. We are to live in submission. We are to pray for those who are open. If, if we disagree, 
if we disagree with those who are in authority over us, we have the responsibility to stand for truth. We need to engage. We need to be in the, involved in the culture of today. When it comes to elections, we have a responsibility to vote, and we have a responsibility to vote according to our Christian values. And unfortunately, it doesn't always go the way we want it to go. And we just have to remind ourselves that God is sovereign, and he has his own purposes, and we must continue to pray continue to be that salt and light and influence our culture for our good. But government, it ain't our hope. It ain't our Savior. Our Savior is Jesus Christ. And we have a responsibility to proclaim the gospel, to display the gospel, to turn the other cheek, to forgive, to submit, to love. Why? Because this is who Jesus Christ is. We have encountered the grace and the forgiveness of God. And the only thing that's going to change the heart of man is the good news of Jesus Christ. Preston, Jones did not give his heart to Jesus Christ because he was afraid of getting caught. That he was afraid of the police. Preston Jones' heart was changed because he had an encounter with the living God. And it's only Christ that will change hearts. You're not going to argue some somebody into the kingdom of heaven over politics. It's the good news of the gospel. And as the church, as individual Christians, this is our ultimate mission. To share with others what Christ has done for them. So today... Enjoy Independence Day. God has done incredible things in this nation. But church, we may be uh, free in this country, but as Christians, we're dependent upon the living God. Because without him, none of us could exist today. And that's why we're here, to say thank you for what Christ has done in our life. And to say thank you for the place that he has chosen for us to live, all by his grace. We must be good citizens. We must submit to those who govern our lives. It's for our welfare. It's for our protection. It's for our blessing. May we be good students, good citizens here in this country. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for this day.
as a nation. God, this isn't a perfect country. In fact, there are lots of blemishes in this nation. And for those things, Father, we must continue to stand for truth, for righteousness, for the protections of the innocent, the the protection of the unborn. God, there's so many abortions that take place in this land, and we know the truth. God, you know the names and each and every one of those little ones. Help us to stand for what is right. God, we pray for our president. We pray for our those who serve in Washington, D.C. God, I pray that they would listen to your voice, that they would pick up a Bible and they would read and that God, that they would comprehend what their role as your ministers is to be for this nation of ours. For each state, each community, God, I pray for the police officers who serve in uh, cities across this land. So many, Lord, are are feeling so discouraged and unsupported. Lord, their lives are at risk and um, they're not empowered to be able to do the job that they need to do. I pray for their families, Lord, as they say goodbye to their families each and every day as they go to work and not knowing if they're going to be able to come home or if they're going to come home to their family at night. God, protect them. Help city councils to understand that we need the police. We need law enforcement. Law enforcement is there to Restrain evil. God, we all know the heart of man. A man's heart who is unrestrained, uh, Lord, can create great harm. Help cities and states and our nation to follow through with their responsibilities. Help the church to speak truth, your truth, to power. Help us, God, to be your ambassadors, godly citizens who have a desire to want to do what is right and bring honor to the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for this time for your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.